our lives. There are seven areas that encompass how we can live like Christ. You have already seen examples of being powerful in prayer and responsive in worship today. Throughout the rest of the service, we will highlight the other areas of a disciple's life. You'll hear from kids, teens, and young adults about being biblically fluent, spirit-empowered, and bold in faith, as well as examples of actively serving and giving selflessly. Our focus on the next generation today is to encourage and inspire you, our church, to participate in our spiritual development. Please pray for me and my friends, because our generation is warfare. Acadia and Marissa, that is right. Their generation is worth it, aren't they? Yes. Man, I just love singing that song with the kids and, and hearing them proclaim that, right? That blessing. That is scripture, right? Could you feel the power in the room? It's because it's the word of God that was just spoken and sung. There is power, it is alive and active, and as we declare it, man, there was a move in the heavenlies, right? I felt that, and I hope you did. God's power is resting here today on his people, and I am so thankful to be a part of it. And to hear teenagers and kids, I know you weren't right up here with these kids, but these girls can belt it out. They are for sure future worship leaders. Brielle, you got pipes on you, girl. Belting it out, right? To declaring truth, and that is so beautiful. And our kids proclaim truth, Man, it does something. It does something in them. It does something in us. It does something in the world. When God's name is lifted high, there is no other name, right? There is no other name as powerful as his. And they're screaming it out today, Jesus, there's nothing better, nothing better than you. And they believe that. I'm excited for this day. We're going to get going. Like Marissa said, we're going to see a lot of different parts of our service today. There are things that we teach our kids and our teenagers and our young adults how to be shaped into a follower of Christ. It is good to know about God, but that is not enough. You have to follow after him. You have to be shaped and molded into a disciple, right, to reflect our Heavenly Father. That is our goal. We want to live like Jesus. And so we teach them to live like Jesus in a few different ways. And the first one we're going to highlight is to be active in service, right? We saw that when Jesus came to earth, he was serving everyone around him. He looked for ways to put himself out there and serve. And so Alexis Heindel is going to come right now and talk with us about actively serving. Actively serving. Hello. <laughs> you ready, girly? All right. Tell us, Alexis, how you actively serve in your life. I serve my family, friends, the kids downstairs in GKD. I do worship for them and help as a toddler helper downstairs. Outside of church, I serve my parents by helping them with my younger siblings. And by being the oldest, I try my best to be a good example. I'm always so touched by the kids raising their hands and singing to the Lord during worship. I love serving God because it's showing others about who God is. In Ephesians 6, 7, it says that we should serve, the, serve wholeheartedly as if we were serving the Lord, not people. 
That's right. It's good. That's a good verse to know, right? That we're not doing this for people, but doing it for the Lord. And so something I love about Alexis, that we're just going to call out for a moment here and embarrass her probably, is when she's got that big smile on her face, like how can you not smile back at her? So once you shove her in a room full of toddlers and she starts looking at them and smiling at all them, man, they just shine right back at her and they're smiling at her. And then she goes to work, right, to teach them to share <laughs> and to sit and listen to story time. And she loves them. And they're seeing at ages two and three, right, real little ones, they're learning that not only does God love them, but their church loves them. Miss Alexis cares enough to be in class and to invest in their lives. They're learning that and how important they are, not only to God, but to us as their church. Thank you, Alexis, for actively serving. I appreciate that, girly. The next portion of being a Christ follower, a disciple that we want to highlight is being biblically fluent. So it is important to know what the Bible says so that we can live it out. Because if you have no idea what it says, how are you going to live it out, right? That doesn't work. It does not work. If you don't know what it says, you can't live it out. So this, I know, is not the only part of being biblically fluent, but we thought it'd be a little fun to do a sword drill today with you guys. So if you're an older generation, you probably know what a sword drill is, right? If you have no idea, I'm going to explain it to you, okay? So the word of God that is alive and active is our sword. If we're thinking of the armor of God, right? Our sword is the word. Yeah, amen, that's right. And what we do is we put it on our head, and we race each other to see who's going to get to the verse fastest, and then you read it out. Does that make sense? So no phones, adults. You can't volunteer and come up here with your phone. Yeah, okay, come on. you got to use the actual book, the actual Bible, physical book. Don't give me next gen. Come on. Y'all need to know how to look this up, okay? I'll teach you like I teach the kids. The book the big numbers, the chapter, the little number is the verse, okay? That's how we do it. So I need some volunteers. We got six Bibles up here ready to go. I want to see some adults. Come on. I know these kids want to do it. We do it all the time in kids' church, but I'd love to see some adults. Come on up here. There you go. Love it. Yep, you got it. Very good. She's ready. She's got her sword. She's ready to battle. Come on. Here we go. Ooh, Sophia, I will warn you all, Sophia is a reigning champ in kids' church. She's very fast. She is very fast. We have one more Bible. Anybody else? One more Bible. <laughs> you got to know your stuff. We got one more in the back? Oh, oh, here we go. Come on, Jeff. Mr. Jeff. All right. Are you guys ready? I will say the reference a few times so you can get, oh, look, he's balanced. He's got good posture. <laughs> he's got really good posture. All right, I'm going to give it to you a couple of times when I say go, you'll start, okay? You are looking for 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, okay? When you get it, you got to tell me you get it. You have to read it out to prove to me it's the right verse, okay? 2 Timothy 3. 15 and 16. Oh, he's got to have his glasses. <laughs> That's all right. Get your glasses on. <laughs> Here we go. 2 Timothy 3, 15 and 16 on your marks. Get set. Go. 
we got some people flipping fast. They're going fast. Ooh, it's a tight. Oh! All right. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. She got it right. Those are the right verses. Three, five. I don't know what I did my prizes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's here somewhere, I promise. Oh, here it is. Here it is. All right, you get a prize. That was great. She got their prize pretty fast. I know you were right behind her, buddy, but she beat you. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So as we just heard, scripture, right, is what gives us the wisdom to choose salvation through Jesus Christ. God's word is what gives us that movement towards him. And then we don't just leave the Bible, right? Because it said it's important to correct us to show us what is wrong in our lives and how to get back on track with God. And that's what we're teaching our kids and our teenagers. They need the word of God in their lives. Next up, we're going to hear about being bold in faith. Because it's not enough to have our faith ourselves. It's not enough to love the word of God, read it all the time, keep it to ourselves. No, that's not what God has called us to do. He has called us to go out into the world and tell people about him. And so we encourage our kids, no matter where you're at, if you're at home, at school, at the mall, you're at the local park, wherever you are, be ready to share with others the love of Jesus. Tell them about your Savior. Be bold in faith. Eva and Phoebe are bold in faith, and they're coming now to share with us about being bold in faith. All right, Eva had a friend at school named Phoebe. <laughs> right there, oh, that's Phoebe. And she was bold in faith at school, and she's going to share with you about how she was bold. Go ahead. Um, when I was at school, um, I saw Phoebe, and we became friends. And I invited her to church because that we have to share with other people. And I really wanted my friend to be a Christian and to know how I felt with, um, with how great and gracious and God is and how amazing and how it's changed my life. I wanted to share with her and, and that way she could feel the same way and have the, that change in her life happen. Yeah, amen. That's good. So you saw a change in your life. Yeah, we can clap for that. You saw a change in your life and you said, man, I want others to experience that. So you invited Phoebe. Now, Phoebe, how was that experience for you? What did you think when uh, Eva invited you to church? So I was born in a family that did not believe in a God. So... I was a little reluctant, I will admit. So <laughs> I ended up asking my mom and she said, you can go, I don't care. <laughs> she, so I went and I really enjoyed it. And then not that long ago, I got saved in my Bible club. Yes, it's so exciting. So Eva not only invited her to church, she invited her to Miss Marge's Bible Club. And at Miss Marge's Bible Club, by the way, Miss Marge taught me when I was a kid. She taught me the Bible. <laughs> She's still doing it in her neighborhood. At Bible 
club, Phoebe decided, I want to follow Jesus. And she accepted Jesus into her life, and we're so excited about that. And now, right, now you have Jesus in your life, how are you being bold in faith? I invited my friend to church. Yes, and did she come? Yep. Yes, she came. How exciting is that? I love it. Is there any way that you girls want to end this time and say something to these adults, any kind of encouragement you want to give them? We want to challenge you to bring a friend to church. And to start a chain, because if you, if you bring a friend to church, she or he might bring another friend and tell more people about God. That's right. I love it. A chain reaction. Let's do it. Thank you, sweetheart. I love that. That boldness, that excitement. Say, hey, adults, bring friends to church. Right? Good job, girls. The next area that we love to teach our kids about is to give selflessly. A lot of times they get allowance or birthday money and they're ready to head to that store to buy the next toy, right? But we want to say, eh, pump the brakes for a second and think about this. There are kids in other countries and right here in our own country that do not know about Jesus, that need to know about Jesus. And so we focus on missions with them to say, hey, why don't you give selflessly? Would you be willing to give part of your money to missions so that the gospel can go around the whole world? Thankfully, a lot of them say yes, <laughs> and we raise money through Speed the Light with the youth and through BGMC with the kids. So coming now is Marissa and Abigail to tell you a little bit more about those um, programs. Go ahead, Marissa. Speed the Light is the youth missions giving organization that gets missionaries what they need in order to do what God has called them to do and where he has called them to do it. From, the, from vehicles to do audio or visual equipment, youth groups have the, raise, have the opportunity to partner with missionaries as they serve. We are raising money for a new portable sound system to Chad and Terry Nelson, who are our host missionaries, that we will be serving alongside in August in the Dominican. The previous equipment has been used for the last decade, and with it, the gospel has been preached to more than 100,000 people of all generations. Partner with us by giving towards our $1,400 goal and also by praying that this equipment would be used to reach the next 100,000 or more people in the Dominican Republic as the kingdom of God is advanced. Thank you, Marissa. All right, BGMC, Abby, tell us what we did last year. Last year we raised over $10,000 mm -hmm. for BGMC. And, that, and my mom had to sleep on her. Wasn't true. that pretty cool? <laughs> I had to sleep on the roof. Wasn't that pretty cool? Yes, it was. <laughs> All right, what about this year, though? This year, we're trying to raise enough money to build a church in Uruguay. That's right. There's this video. Check out the video. Not that video. <laughs> the most open group to the gospel in the country of Uruguay is the children. BGMC has an amazing opportunity to help reach these children. Let's hear from missionary Trent Morrow. 90% of the children that we reach in the nation of Uruguay are first generation believers. They're the first Christians in their family history. When they hear that message, that message of hope, that message of, of forgiveness, the children here in Uruguay always say yes, yes. But what we found is it takes more than just a yes. It takes discipleship. And so, uh, they need discipleship. They need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When your parents aren't Christian, things that we lack, though, is just a, a centralized place to call our own. 
that we don't have to negotiate to rent. And that's what this project is about. We want to have a dedicated open-air chapel that, that, that these children can come to, that they can experience God on a personal level, be, be marked and transformed by His presence in their life. It's going to be a place that these children and these children's leaders can be an impact like never before in the nation of Uruguay. I love that tagline that says, so the first generation Christians won't be the last. I never knew this, but Uruguay is one of the most atheistic countries in our world. And so they are so desperate to tell those little ones, right? So then they can bring it home and there hopefully will just be a wave of revival across Uruguay. So our goal is to build a church. We need a lot of money for it, so we need your help. <laughs> um, go ahead, Ab. Um. Oh, in school. Sorry, I forgot to do my part. She's just looking at me like, you didn't say your thing. <laughs> good call. Good call. <laughs> in schools, uh, kids are taught that there is no God, right? In their school systems, they're taught that. That's awful. Mm -hmm. The kids in school aren't teached about the one true God, and I hope we can help them teach them about That's him, it. too. Yes. Today, we're all... We're selling these amazing shirts in the lobby. Please consider, they're $10 each, mm -hmm. and please consider buying one or five. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> to help us build a church in Uruguay. That's right, thank you. Hey guys. My name's Chloe, and I'm going to be introducing someone, but first I'm going to read a little something. Christianity is, is unlike other religions in that it is not escapist. We are not trying to run away from anything, but we are actually called out to go into the world and engage in it. Our mandate from Christ is to go out into all the world and make disciples. In comparison, we see that, that Buddhism tells followers to escape from the world through meditation and mental focus. Hindus consider the physical world an illusion to be escaped through the births and rebirths of reincarnation. What is popular in the United States right now is a new agey sort of spiritual self-helpism that teaches us we can escape stress and self-doubt by following our hearts. But at the center of Christianity is Jesus, the God who chose to take on humanity himself and move into the neighborhood among us. What is a beautiful sacrifice is that even though he was God, Jesus did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine, his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a servant and was born a human being. Philippians 2, 6 through 7. Jesus is what sets our faith apart from all other religions. He is the only way to salvation. Each generation of believers is given the opportunity to tell the story of Jesus to the world through the local church. Here to testify about being spiritually empowered is Megan Sylvia. Megan grew up right here in this local church, right? So generations ahead of you have been telling you, right? And we've taken the opportunity to speak Jesus into your life. All right, go ahead. So there's two ways you can walk in the world, and one is of the flesh and the other is in the spirit. I've walked in both, and I'm going to share my experience with both walks. Walking in the flesh looked like to me was I was repeating the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. 
I tried to fill voids with tangible things. This left me back in the same space, if not worse, every time. In the flesh, I thought I was helping myself cope, but in reality, it was self-sabotage. I was thinking with my own thoughts that only reached a certain level of capacity. My solutions were most of the time sabotages. When walking in the spirit, I surrendered to the fact that God knows best and his thoughts and ways are higher. My ways were not getting me anywhere. He renewed my mind to think more like him and keep his ways in my heart so I don't stumble. I had to stop giving the devil so much credit. Yes, he's evil, but he can only attack what God allows or I let in. By keeping close to Jesus and not relying on my own ways keeps me from so much unneeded pain. I have peace beyond understanding since I fully gave my heart and life to Jesus. It has not been easy, and I lost two friends in the past year to untimely deaths, but God's been there to comfort me. Yes, it hurts, but I trust God. I feel his love even through hard times. When walking in the flesh, I felt despair, but when walking in the spirit, I feel hope. Spending time listening to worship music, praying, reading my Bible, asking God to give me eyes to see and ears to hear, and thanking him for forgiving me is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I like myself now because I know Jesus likes me, he comforts me and protects me. It's far better than something I could produce for myself. Ways that I know that I'm walking in the spirit is when it's been in my power to judge something, some, judge someone for something that seems ugly, like I would think, why would this person do this or do that, or talk about something that everybody, or talk about someone or something that everybody else is talking about that's negative or make comments to someone who may have hurt me. Instead of trying to get my fleshly point across, I hear a still small voice say, love them anyways. Don't speak bad about anyone, for much is given, much is required. And last but not least, let the one, who, let the one without sin cast the first stone. These thoughts were never going through my mind in the flesh. I know Jesus listens to my prayers by the personal ways he blesses me and shows up in my life. He showed me how to repay evil with good, even when it's hard. He shows me to love people who have hurt me and how to be a lender and not a borrower. Jesus was tired when he was going to the cross, and he still healed the soldier's ear Peter cut off. He could have left that soldier without an ear because, in fact, he was taking Jesus to his death. And Jesus was just, was just crying, and he got betrayed, and knew he was going to die, but he didn't shut down and not help because of his fleshly circumstances. He reached out and healed the soldier's ear, even when he knew where he was taking him. That's the kind of love Jesus showed me, and for that, I'm forever grateful. Amen. It's been really good to hear from some different voices today, right, and their experiences with Jesus, transforming their lives. I'm gonna wrap us up now for the next few minutes and just tell you a story, right? And some of you will probably be familiar with this story. It is a story of Samuel and David. And Samuel is told that he's gotta anoint the next king. And so he gets ready and he goes and he shows up and he's asking Jesse to see his sons and they go through seven sons. And every time God says, nope, not that one. Nope, nope, nope. And it's like, wait a second, <laughs> I was here to anoint someone, what is going on? And so we're going to look at scripture, it's 1 Samuel 16, and we're going to pick up in verse 11 when Samuel says this to Jesse, are these all the sons you have? 
Well, they're still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he's out in the fields watching the sheep and the goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes, and the Lord said, this is the one, anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil that he had brought and anointed David with oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. What a beautiful moment where Samuel calls out David and says, you are going to be anointed for a big work of God. But I want to point something out. David's in the room. He did not immediately go to power. He went back to work in the fields, right? He just got right back to work, doing what he was going to do, waiting on the Lord. If you have been called to something, you know that God has got something for you, and you want it so bad you can taste it, but it's not time yet, be patient. You sit and you wait. I know, it's not a fun thing to do. The waiting is hard. The waiting is hard, but in the waiting, there is work to be done. Because I'm going to tell you something about our world. There are times that people are put into power or position that they should not be in yet. Because their character has not been developed. Their integrity is not intact. There is work to be done in the waiting. And so if God has called you to something, but it is not here yet, do not be discouraged. What he says is true and always comes to fruition. But wait, because at the right time, God will elevate you to that position you are supposed to be in. Now, I always thought I was the David in the story, right? I think most of us do. We're like, yep, I'm the David, getting ready, do my thing, right? And I was challenged in March of this year to say, no, not anymore. You are not the David in this story. You are the Samuel. You are supposed to be looking for the Davids. You have been called by God to raise others up, to call out what you see in them and challenge them to come to higher levels. So I want to challenge you guys today. Stop being the David. I know. I know it's hard. I like being the David. But consider yourselves the Samuels. That you should have eyes to see and ears to hear what others are doing around you so that you can pour into them, invest into them. Whose story can you come into and help shape? Whose life can you impact so that their impact on the kingdom is even greater? because of what you are pouring into them. I'm a product of this church. I grew up, I was born and raised right here at Grace. And so many of you have literally shaped who I am. You came alongside my parents and you poured into me. And now I get to do the same. I get to pour into teenagers and kids, hopefully adults too sometimes. <laughs> and challenge you and encourage you that this is what we've been called to do. We heard Chloe tell us our mandate from the Lord is to go out and make 
disciples. And that's our desire. This next gen model says, if you are in a generation behind me, I care about your spiritual development. I care that you know the Lord and you follow the Lord. We are constantly trying to create an atmosphere where disciples make disciples, right? Because it's not just you and I, the adults that can do that. The teenagers can influence the kids. The young adults can influence the teenagers. I love that we are a multi-generational church. I have several church grandmas and grandpas here. (laughs) I have several church parents here. Because that's the beauty of the church. We are in this together, growing and shaping each other. I want to challenge you today, because you know I love to make you do something, right? If I'm up here, you know you're going to be put to work. And so your work today is during a response time for a few minutes. I want you to consider who in this church you have seen And I don't just mean like you saw them walk by, but you have seen them. One of the names of God is Elroy, which means the God who sees. And it goes so much deeper than just like the visual. It's like he knows us. He sees who we are and calls that out in us. And I want to challenge you to do that today. Who at Grace Assembly have you seen? And you want to call something out in them. You want to say, man, I see the way that you light up and smile and make me feel so welcome when I just pull in the parking lot, right? Maybe it is a parking lot attendant that you have noticed. Could you tell them? Could you encourage them and call that out in them? When I was a teenager, there was someone that spoke into my life and said, Julie, there is a flame in you. Don't ever let it die. And at first I was like... Right, yeah, cool. (laughs) I mean, you know, I'm 15 years old, like, whatevs. (laughs) I don't know. I think that was still a phrase back then. I don't really know. I know I'm old, guys. So I heard it, right? But I didn't really get it until later in life. But it stuck with me. I am much older than 15 now. And it has stuck with me that somebody saw, right? Somebody saw God at work in my life and called it out to the point that I was like, okay. I mean, I don't know what to do with that, but cool. And I kept it with me, and I got it, right? As I got older, I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm not going to let it burn out. I'm going to take that challenge. I am going to read my word. I am going to study. I am going to do all that I can to worship God and live for him because somebody saw that in me, and they called it out. And so now I want to live up to that, right? I want to make sure that that flame does not die because they saw it and maybe some other people can see it. That's what we want to do for each other. Adults to adults, adults to teens, teens to kids. Call out those things that you're seeing. Who in your life here at Grace has leadership capabilities that has maybe never heard that? How beautiful would that be if they get a little note from you today that says, I see it in you. I see what you're doing. Man, that will spur them on. And so in the seat back in front of you, or on your seat if you're in the front, there's a little index card. It's just a white little index card. It's blank. That is for you to write a note, for you to take a moment and consider, who have I seen here 
Who can I encourage? Who can I build up with some life-giving words? And maybe your eyes haven't really been open to that. Now I'm going to challenge you to hold on to that card. Could you just wait a week or two and look? Look around. This is a home of believers who are at work for Christ. And we need to be encouraged sometimes. Man, that iron sharpening iron just has to happen sometimes. And so call out what you see in someone. Write them a quick note about the leadership capability or just the peace maybe that they bring to situations, whatever it is. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to stop talking. And I'm going to let you talk to God, hear from God, and write that note to someone, okay? Go ahead and do that right now, and I'll close this out in a few minutes. I want to bring one last word to your attention, and that word is legacy. Let that sink in for a moment. It's a big word, and it's a powerful word, legacy. What are we leaving behind? What is the spiritual legacy that you are forging at this time that it's going to outlast you? It might outlast your kids and your grandkids. 
but it starts with you. I love that God created us specifically at this time in history for a reason. You are here right now on purpose. And so live on purpose. Be intentional with the legacy that you leave behind. Because it isn't just about your children. Maybe you don't even have children. There's plenty of them to go around, okay? <laughs> There's plenty of them here. You can pour in to others spiritually and leave a legacy even without your own biological children. That is the beauty of the church. We are here pouring into each other and building each other up for the glory of God. And I just want to challenge you one more time with this, that if we do not pour into these younger generations, the church could cease And I realize that sounds harsh, but it is true that if we do not care about the younger generations, it could just end. I do not want to see that happen, and I know you don't either. Let's invest in those around us who are younger than us so that they will be steadfast in their faith, that they know they have someone to go to when it doesn't go well when they share their faith in their college class. They need you, church. I need you, church. You need the church. That's what God's called us to fellowship, to be in unity, and to love each other. We're going to end our time with a bunch of prayer because we need it. And so we're going to get generations up here. So first I want kiddos. If you are here today and you are a child, fifth grade and below, come on up. Stretch across, right right across this whole front part. Yep, there you go. Come on up. If you are a parent, you can come with your kids. Because parents, you're a part of this, right? This is your family. You can come right here with your kids. Lay hands on them. Yep. We're going to believe in prayer. We have Ethan Carlino, who's just out of this stage. He's a teen now. And he is going to pray for our kiddos. So Ethan's coming. We got our kids. But we don't want to stop there, right? Because we've got our kids, but teenagers. Would you come join and pray over these little ones? You're past this stage, right? But you know what it was like. You remember. You remember what that stage is like. So come on, lay hands. Now, I'll remind everybody, like I do in kids' church, laying on of hands is biblical. But we're not playing with people's hair. We're not scratching backs or picking noses, right? That's right. We're gentle laying on of hands on the shoulder or the back. There you go. Gentle. Good. <laughs> All right, we've got our teens. Good. Now I want our young adults. If you're here, you're probably about 18, a senior in high school, till about 25. I'd love you to come and lay hands on these teenagers because you know what? You were just here. You were in high school, and you understand what it's like. You know the pressures. You know what they're facing. There you go. Thank you, young adults. But now these young adults need to be prayed over, right? Because they are also facing quite a world. At their careers, in their college classrooms, on the campuses, they are facing quite a bit. And so now I need any adult. You can be 99. It's okay. Any adult, come on up here, and you lay hands on these young adults. 
We have Ethan, who's going to pray over the kids. We have Gianna, who's going to pray over those teenagers. And we have John Fasulo to pray over the young adults. We are going to call out and intercede on behalf of each represented in this place. Are you ready for that? Are you ready to receive, kiddos? Yeah, I know you are. That's good. I love that smile. It's so good. Teenagers, are you ready to receive, to listen in to what the Holy Spirit's saying to you? Good. Young adults, are you ready? Are you open? Do you want to hear from the Lord today? Good. All right, Ethan. Start us off, buddy. Got a thing to stay. Gotta pray over these kids that whatever they go through in school, that they will hold on to their faith and they will be bold in faith and be able to ask um, other people and not be afraid and um, whatever happens to them, that they will hold on to you, God, and they will not lose, lose sight of you and they will be, uh, they will stay with you and They'll be in your ministry, God. They'll see your calling, God. They'll, um, they'll, they'll know, show them that you love them, God, and let them know that you love them. In your name, amen. Father God, I thank you for this group of young people, this, um, these teenagers, God. I thank you for um, just the plan that you have for each and every one of them, for... Um, the gifts and the talents that you have imparted on each and every one. And um, thank you that you have them here for such a time as this, Lord, that they are here on purpose. They're not here on accident, um, that you have a plan for their life and that they are in where they are um, and the platforms that they have um, because you have given them that and that you have entrusted them with that. So, Lord, I just um, pray for them as they are walking through a time that this world has never seen before and as they face struggles and challenges that no generation before them has ever had to face, Lord, I pray that um, you will just empower them with your spirit, that you will um, impart on them such a boldness, um, that you will um, just empower them with your spirit to be bold in their faith, to, um, to not be afraid to love you, to not be afraid to share um, the truth about who you are, Jesus, and to stand firm on your word, to stand firm on um, who you are, Jesus. I just pray... Um, I just thank you that, um, I just pray that they will know that they can be confident that you who began a good work in them will carry on to the completion until the day of Christ Jesus, that they are not alone, that they are not in this by themselves, Lord, but that they have, um, that you are walking with them. Um, and I just pray for them, Lord, that, um, I just pray for such a joy, a joy about them, Jesus, that no matter what they face, no matter what comes at their way, Jesus, that they will just have this indescribable joy um, and this confidence in you and this hope, knowing that you are their savior, knowing that you are with them and that you are um, shaping them and molding them and making them more like you. And it's in Jesus' name. Lord, we'd like to thank you for these young adults who are here and who have chosen you. We wanna pray, Lord, that you make them strong as they grow up in this society and they, they come of age and they mature in a society that is a wicked and perverse generation where there's so many things swirling around that are not from your agenda, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that you would make thy word 
a lamp unto their feet and a light unto their path. We pray that they would be the salt to the, into the earth, that they would be Jesus to the publicans and sinners in this divided society, that they would be Jesus to the woman caught in adultery in this society, that they would be Jesus to any other person who's dealing with any other ailment, that they would get their egos out of the way and they would let the Holy Spirit, the indwelling, shine through. We also pray, Lord, in this stage of life, several of them are going to higher education institutions. And these institutions, many of them have an agenda completely contrary to your kingdom. They're told many things, Lord, that are aimed to confuse and deceive and belittle. And Lord, we pray that you give them strength and you add to their faith knowledge, you add to their faith wisdom, and you embed in their hearts the truth that although these institutions may profess to be wise, they are fools because they do not know you and they do not know your truth. Lord, we also pray for this, this generation that they're looking for their spouses. Lord, we pray that they give the days of their youth to the Lord. We pray that they give the days of their youth to the Lord. Lord, we pray that you prepare their hearts to be equally yoked with one of your sons or one of your daughters. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So before you go, we're going to speak a blessing over you. So kiddos, you know what to do, right? You know, open up your hands and get ready to receive. Now remember, I'm not going to put something in your hands, but it's symbolic, right, that you are ready to receive from Jesus. And blessings are meant to inspire and encourage are you ready for that? All right, we're going to read scripture first. John 13, 34 says, So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Is that good? How is the world going to know you? How does the world know that you are a disciple of Jesus? Did you hear it? I'm going to read it again. Listen up. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. How does the world know that you are his disciple? Yes, your love for each other. Build each other up. Right? Sharpen each other. Here's the blessing. May you feel God's love for you. And may the Holy Spirit strengthen you this week to show love to those around you. And last but not least, in the words of my friend, Pastor Lisa, may you know that there is nothing that you can do that will cause God to love you any more or any less. He loves you so much. You can't earn it. You just have it. And now go give it to other people. <laughs>